You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey there, and welcome to this episode. You know, summer is over now, and that means that the holidays are coming. So we've got a lot coming up. If your baby's under a year old, this might be their very first holiday season. Or maybe you've got a toddler or a young preschooler who's going to love all the excitement that's coming. Or maybe they won't. (laughs) Holiday gatherings with family and friends present new opportunities for your child to learn and grow. And for parents, this, this is when you create joyful memories and start traditions that your child will look forward to every year. As with all things parenting, being intentional and making plans beforehand will help you help your little one through the excitement, which can be kind of stressful. My guest today, Prana Richards, has great ideas to share with you about how to prepare your baby and yourself for the upcoming holidays. Prana has been in the field of early childhood for 37 years and is an international speaker, behavior coach, and early childhood consultant. Her educational philosophy is grounded in a play-based approach along with a strong social-emotional foundation, and she's got some really great things to share with you about how to get ready for the upcoming holidays. So here we go. Get a paper and pen out so that you can take some notes and write down all of the great things that Prana's got to offer. So Prana Richards, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for this invitation. I'm excited. You have really dedicated yourself to helping all of us understand emotional development of young children and and how that works with teachers in classrooms and also with families. You know, at the time of this recording, we are approaching the holiday season. It's we're nearing the end of September. So um, there's a lot of gatherings with friends and families that are coming up. And I would love for you to talk about how this can be stressful for young children and also for parents as they are approaching these gatherings. Yeah, definitely. I think as the holidays come, as much as we want to do, we also, I think, stress ourselves out. You know what I mean? I think we add a lot to our plate. I think we add a lot to our to-do list. And so quite often, if we're not careful, it becomes a long to-do list of just going, going, and doing instead of being. And so if there's one thing that I would encourage all families to think about as the holidays approach, try to focus more on experiencing than doing. Just be, you know, Um, and, and, and look at it in a way that it's going to be memorable for your children. You're creating memories and experiences. So instead of the hecticness and the busyness, focus on, the opportunity we have to generate memories that are joyful, that when they grow up and they look back on their childhood, they remember this as a time of, we came together, there was laughter, there was joy, there was fun. What do you want your children to remember? So start with that goal and work backwards. Don't let the hecticness of doing take away from the moments of being and enjoying your little children. Birth to three, it's magical time for them. But it's a very stressful time because of all the demands that come on the adults and the children. Mm-hmm. You know, being looks a little bit different for adults and children, doesn't it? 
100%. I would say, you know, create some traditions in your family. If you haven't already done it, if you have children birth to three, think of what you could do that would be experienced. So for example, in our family, I'll just share a couple of things because tangibles are so much easier than just talking vague to me. A couple of things that we do during the holidays, starting from Thanksgiving is really starting the conversation with what are we grateful for? Um, If you haven't already done the conversation of wrapping up your day, what are you thankful for? What did you enjoy today? What did you struggle with today? Right. So it's not just a Thanksgiving conversation at the Thanksgiving meal. It's a it's the mindset that we're already having that language vocabulary in our homes. So focus on the gratitude. If they're older, I have grandchildren ranging from nine, four and two. And so we do something called the gratitude journal with them. And they draw something. So the little ones draw, the older ones can write what they're grateful for. A gratitude journal is a good one. Uh, What can you do as a give back? Um, You know, our children are little, but when I used to work with Head Start, we used to gather um, for the food bank. Even a three-year-old gets excited about gathering and giving. So focus on the giving, focus on doing something as an experience versus just stressful. And then going into the holidays, you know, uh, some of the family traditions we have is having dinner by the lighted Christmas tree. So turn off all the lights and have a picnic or dinner, like at the carpet with the blanket put out. That's always a hit. Um, Having a book, uh, like taking a book out, uh, gathering books, so you're counting down. So it's a book a night, but it's under the trees and it's lighted. Um, allowing them to be a part of the decorations, allowing them to be a part of the baking and the cooking. And don't worry about if they're putting their fingers in and don't worry about, you know, and just it's yeah. it's coming from their world of this is fun. This is magical. So lean into that. Right. Yeah. So for those parents who are listening, who have little ones like under the age of 12 months, you know, we've all heard this term stranger anxiety and I was wondering if you might just explain what's going on developmentally with this baby who does not want to be around anybody except mom or dad. So a very normal developmental milestone is stranger anxiety. It's kind of sort of kicks in around four to five months. It kind of blossoms around seven to eight, nine months, and it might last till they're about two or three, depending on. Um, it's a natural reaction that if I don't know somebody, it's creating a sense of fear and insecurity. So what can the adults do knowing that this is a natural phase all children are going to go through? I think children look to the their grown-ups in their world for cues. Are you comfortable with this person? Are you at ease with this person? So leaning into it you know, being friendly and talking to them and and allowing your child the space if they're not comfortable going to that new stranger or saying hello or smiling. I think respecting children is key. Don't force them. Uh, uh, Because when we force children, it makes them even more anxious and uptight. They can sense it. I really feel like children are emotional detectors. They're constantly putting their antennas out from the newborn age. Am I safe here? Am I loved here? Is my grown up okay over here? Am I like they're trying to make sense? And if you're anxious and if you 
force them to do something, then already they get a tense feeling that what is this about that you're getting all worked up about, Mm -hmm. right? So they pick up on that cue. Um, When it comes to holidays and when it comes to family, extended family that the child may or may not have seen, uh, even grandparents, you know, sometimes grandparents are not local and you have to wait for the holidays to see the grandparents. Um, I think allowing the child to ease into it, maybe before your trip, before they come or before you take your trip, look at photographs, look at albums, talk about that adult, make a story around it, tell them about it. Even though they met them last year, they may or may not have created a memory about them yet. And and also, I think the adult's relationship with the relatives, you know, are you at comfort and are you at ease or are you already getting tensed and stressed? And are you going to feel like I'm being judged as a parent? And all of that stress, right, is absorbed by children. And that leads into avoidance. Stranger anxiety is nothing but you're making me uncomfortable. I don't know who you are. I'm not quite confident in leaning into this relationship yet. I'm not quite comfortable making friends with you just yet. And I think the grown-ups just need to know that. So what about when a like a a relative that you haven't seen comes and just almost grabs the child out of your arms or takes the child and how would you suggest that parents respond to that type of situation? Such a good question. So I literally just went to Switzerland and my two-year-old grandson, I haven't seen him since eight months because they were here for Christmas. And so I haven't seen him. Um, Even though I'm in the world of education and as much as I would just love to grab him and squeeze him the minute I see him, I had to hold myself back and pace myself. And I have to become his friend. I have to lean into friendship. And so... I know that my daughter is a teacher and she knew that. And she already said, you know, don't be offended. She said that to me. So this is good for you to say to your other relatives. My daughter said to me, don't be offended if he doesn't come to you right away. He's a little bit shy and he's just going through that phase. So, of course, I knew it. But for her to just come out and say it, just give him some time. I promise he'll become friends with you. Just don't lean into it. So. I already was prepared. So when she came to the airport, I knew that I had to warm up to him. I mean, give him the time to warm up to me, but I also had to warm up to him, right? So I think telling your relatives, if you have birth to three, giving them heads up that this may happen as you come in, we will, you know, we'll be talking about you. We'll show them pictures about you. We'll we'll create the memory, but just don't be offended and don't feel hurt, right? Because the adult doesn't need to go there, right? So I think the parents can be proactive and just prep the scene um, that they might just take a little minute to warm up um, and allow that space because I think then children, children are curious by nature. They want to interact. They are hardwired to interact. But I think the fear and insecurity and uncertainty come as barriers. So, yeah. I have that same situation with my two-year-old granddaughter, you know, because I I live, we live far apart. And so every time I see them, um, I have to go through that period of getting reacquainted. And, And one thing that I do is I just, I don't approach her. I let her approach me. 
Yeah. And, you know, I'm, you know, of course I'm welcoming in my attitude and my nonverbal and I wave at her and say hello, yeah. but um, I let her come to me. And I think that that really helps her feel as if she's got some agency in this yeah. relationship. The control is such a big factor. I know I played peekaboo with him, even though he's two and he was on his mommy's shoulder and I was playing peekaboo, ducking and this. So it was leaning into it playfully without grabbing, without you know, you brought up a really good point when, when she can have some agency and control. Children are so much more confident if we allow them the space to have some control instead of being forced on them. And so stranger anxiety, you know, it's a really interesting word because we, we don't want our children to go off with strangers. We don't want to create a space where they are comfortable with anybody giving them anything. So we are coming from a place of keeping them safe, but it, it but it's a fine line. When is it a stranger and when is it a comfortable adult that I'm okay with you interacting? I think that is part of the prep that we have to do with our children. Even birth to three, quite often adults will think, oh, but they're only seven months, they're only six months, they're only so many months. What can I tell them? Children understand so much faster than they can express. The receptive language comes before expressive language. So tell them, we're going to go to the stores, if I don't know the if I don't know the adults, you don't go to them. If a grown up knows them, you know, if I'm okay talking to them, then they're okay and they're safe. Like we have to lean into this of knowledge that they don't have, you know, but it's not all strangers are scary. It's if mommy and daddy or the grown ups don't know them and they're not talking to them, then it's best you stay close to us. Mm-hmm. And I love how children do that naturally. You know, they will always look and check their grown-up's face to see, is this person safe for me or not? And um, that's a really neat thing to be able to communicate non-verbally to your child, even maybe from a little bit of distance, you know, but yeah, a nod forward or a, yeah, I think the value of front-loading is so key with birth to three. Front-loading means you just share the expectation. What can the child expect? We're going here. Somebody's coming to our house. Go through what might they expect? That is huge because then children start getting comfortable and having some control over it. Okay, so aunt is coming, grandpa's coming, grandma's coming. They're going to stay with us for so long. We'll be together for these many days. You know, just leaning into the front loading, helping them to prepare, giving them the expectations. You can prepare for it. Um and showing them pictures, you know, and talking about what you're looking forward to and what you're excited and what you can play with and prompting them to talk to about, show them this or do this, like help the children to ease into this because um, there's a difference between stranger anxiety and stranger anxiety disorder, right? These are normal strategies that I'm sharing that you can help them to come out from the place of being insecure and fearful. But if it's a disorder, it goes longer. They can't do their normal day living. They can't enjoy the normal playtime. It's impeding life, right? That's when you know something bigger is going on. So how would a parent know the difference? Um, if you can allow them transition time, if you can prepare them ahead of time and you see them easing into it, then you know that they're getting comfortable and they're out of it. If it's chronic, if it creates so much anxiety that they can't breathe, that it makes them hyperventilate, have them 
massive tantrum that they can't recover from. And it happens again and again and again, doesn't go away. Yeah. That's when you need to talk to your pediatrician. That's when you need to think about, you know, what else can I do to create a sense of security and sense of comfort for my child? Because that, that child is communicating that I'm not feeling confident or comfortable or secure. I am feeling insecure. And children do get anxious, you know, and they do have anxiety. But um, if it continues, if it's chronic and if it's impeding on regular not just the normal separation anxiety when I take you to preschool or if I meet somebody and you act up, not just that separation, not just that stranger, it's bigger and it's beyond. Right. And I, I guess that's almost an t- intuitive thing for a parent is to know this is this is beyond. This is yeah, don't, yeah. Don't worry about the normal because that's normal developmental milestones. So don't be concerned, but also help your child with coping skills. You know, um, there's a big one that I've noticed when parents force children to give a hug or say hello or say goodbye and the child is not ready to. I think those things can really escalate and then the child feels even more less in control. That you're going to force me to do this and I'm not ready to, and you're not listening to me. And, you know, don't do it for pleasing the other grown-ups. Right. Be, be present for your child and help your child, but also then don't keep, I've heard parents say the opposite as well. Oh, she's just very shy, or she's very scared, or she's just very scared of strangers. The more we keep using this vocabulary, the child is internalizing it. Oh, I'm really scared of everybody. Oh, I shouldn't be talking. Oh, I should. You know, so I think words matter, right? So (laughs) not forcing them, but also not leaning into it so heavily that the child is then like, okay, I'm supposed to be scared now. Okay, I shouldn't be talking. Okay, I should be... I'm just like, they're listening to everything. Right. You know, you were talking about making gifts for people to give as we begin this holiday time. I wonder how beneficial it would be for us to help our children make a gift to give in this initial (laughs) seeing this person for, you know, the first time in a long time that might kind of be an icebreaker. You know, you are hitting on something really important because my daughter did that with both my grandkids because one of them is four over there and one of them is two. And they had made drawings for me when I got there. And that was part of the conversation that she had said, do you want to show me your drawing you made for her? Like that's what encouraged them to come to me because they were wanting me to see this. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Um, have you seen a, an increase in social reluctance in children as a result of COVID? Is this something you've seen? I really have. I really have. As I've been going in and out of schools and also coaching with families, because that's one of the things I do. Um, so many children have seen so many adults masked for so long. And so many children have heard the language at home that it's not safe, it's not safe, it's not safe. So this fear vocabulary, the fear, you know, which was real. It's not made up. Many families lost family members. I mean, this is real. So leaning back into it, you know, that whole facial connection of seeing somebody smile at you, the eyes smiling up, that whole relaxing of the facial is missing because of the mask. And so I think this is a direct link, um, but knowing that it may happen, knowing that you're prepared for it, having a plan, 
if you are stressed out as an adult, take care of your stress and the children will follow our cues. And telling them, you know, we didn't go visit uh, grandparents or aunts and uncles last year because we were all celebrating holidays at our own homes. I know 2020, we never did, but 2021, many families did venture out. And maybe some didn't based on what was happening in their lives, right? This may be the first holiday season that they're now thinking about, exploring, and maybe there's a sense of overwhelm for themselves. Right. You know, so I think acknowledging what you're feeling and what's causing it. How am I feeling right now? This is one that I tell all parents, all teachers, as much as possible, lean into what am I feeling right now and what is causing it? And then you can do that for your children. Mm-hmm. Now, what am I feeling right now? I, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Okay, why am I feeling anxious? I'm feeling a bit nervous. Okay, why am I feeling nervous? I'm feeling excited. Why am I feeling excited, right? What am I feeling and what is causing it helps the children also then to talk about it. Then it's not the unknown. It's not a scary out there that, you know, right. it's like, oh, this caused it. Right. That's such great advice. And even when children are really young and you feel like they shouldn't be able to understand this, that they can understand that, at least that they can understand your emotion that you are expressing during that time. So I think for the younger ones, having the adult label it, you look a little nervous right now. Are you nervous because we haven't seen this person? Are you a little bit stressed out because it's a lot going on? You know, the adult has to give the vocabulary and quite often, and what I'm realizing with social emotional vocabulary, people shy away from it. And quite often people will tell me, well, they're only 12 months, they're only 16 months, 18 months, they're not going to understand. But we're giving them the vocabulary for everything else. We don't hold that back. We read books to them. We talk to them normally. But when it comes to social emotional, we shy away from it. It's more scary having an emotion and not having a label for it than having an emotion and knowing, okay, that's what anxiety feels like. My chest gets tight. Oh, I don't like it. You know, Mm -hmm. and what's causing it. So yeah, lean into the vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. Those are some really great ideas and tips for parents. Um, as we wrap this conversation up, what what would be some ways that you could help parents connect with their child on an even deeper way? I mean, you've given us some really great ideas and examples of things to do. Any, any last thoughts? Um, I think from a very early age, um, this is one that I love doing with my grandkids. At the end of the day, when you're doing pillow talk, uh, or dinner table talk. I've done them both ways, but the pillow talk is just very special. Um, what was one thing that you loved today? What was one thing that you enjoyed today? What was one thing that you didn't do as well today? Uh, leaning into their authentic self, having genuine conversations with children. When you read books about them, have you ever felt that? Have you ever experienced that? Like leaning into the social emotional space and you know allowing children to be who they are and not forcing them to become performance junkies or approval junkies, or uh, just if I if you follow my instructions, or if you listen to what I'm saying, then I love you. But not not liking links to performance, liking link to who they are. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, having really authentic relationships with young children, getting to know who they are, and don't fix them, don't change them, give them the space to be who they are will really help you to know them 
their strengths, their weaknesses, and having these conversations from really early on. I'm really good at this, but I'm not so good at this. This is something I'm still learning. Give them this vocabulary of, I think I can, I think I can. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Like the growth mindset, you know, we could have a whole session on growth mindset, but <laughs> right. I think to your point, how can they get to know their kids and connect at a deeper level? It really starts with having a growth mindset, taking mistakes as a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. When you fail, you learn, you grow. No big deal. Like, you know, creating that trusting relationship. We were talking about attachment earlier. The attachment and the attunement is so powerful, right? Because if children have a secure relationship with the grown-ups in their life, they can take on the world. Right. And that pillow talk is exactly what is, uh, you know, supporting and growing that attachment and attunement. And um, I can remember even with a babe in arms who is not talking back when you ask those questions, just giving a review of the day. These are the good things that happened today. This was a little hard, wasn't it? You know, and yeah. They just stare at your face as you talk. But they're absorbing it all. Even, you know, if they don't have the vocabulary, using vocabulary words like, I noticed when we went to the park today, you were a bit sh- not sure whether you wanted to join the play. I noticed you were being observant. Now I've given them a vocabulary that I'm not shy. I'm not, not something wrong with me. That is normal that I was observing. Yeah. Right? That's great. Well, I know this is going to be so insightful for those, especially who have little bitty children at home and will help them get ready for the holiday season. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to put in our show notes, all of the places where people can find you and find all of your um, links and social media. You've got a, a great presence out there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And the last words I would say to anybody listening you got this. Have faith in yourself. Have confidence in yourself. You know, none of us became parents till we became parents. And so our children make us the parents and we grow and become parents and grandparents with them. So if this is your first time becoming grandparent and you're listening to this and you're wondering, I'm going to be seeing my grandkids. What can I take from it? You know, you're growing with them. You weren't a grandparent until you got them in your life. And so they will make you the parents and the grandparents and, and learn from them. Children have so much to teach us if you just slow down and listen to them and enjoy the holidays. Just really make this your family goal that, you know, this is going to be a being season, not a doing season. This is going to be an experience season, not a materialistic season. Uh, We did this intentionally last year for our first Christmas that everything had to do with experiences, not to just buy, but what was the experience behind it? And so, you know, we can do that. We can put the brakes for our own family and not let the social media tell us how we need to do it, right? We don't need to. It's not a competition. Right. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you love today's episode, take a minute and subscribe to our podcast. And one last thing, I'd love to pray for you and your baby if you'd like for me to. You can email me at ask at nurturednoggins.com. Your request can be as simple as just one word, or it can include an explanation. Either way, you can trust that I will pray for you. It's a quiet, simple way that I can connect with you and your family and support you in your parenting journey.